all of us have come here ordained in the Buddhist religion, the Buddhist uh, dispensation. And since we first came into the robes uh, as Anagarikas taking novice Samanera ordination, we have been taught the five basic uh, methods of meditation, the five, the Panchakamatana, as we remember, Kesa, Loma, Naka, Dantatacho, and both in forward and reverse mode, Patiloma, Aniloma. These five um, most uh, obvious parts of the body, we're given them as meditation objects to focus on, contemplate, uh, to become skilled in uh, re reciting them, learning them, and then actually focusing our mind on them as a meditation object. It, this is the duty, the first duty of the Upajaya when he gives Samanera ordination. And actually if he doesn't teach this, he um, commits an avati, uh, an offence. Um, it's that important. The Buddha said if he doesn't teach these five gamatanas, then he's actually blocking your progress to Nibbāna by not giving them to you. This panchagamatana, these five meditation objects, refer to the things that cover over this human body, the most obvious things that we see, the hair of the head, hair of the body, nails to skin. And that's why they're so important, so vital to our practice to contemplate and understand. Of course, we also have to learn about the inside body and whether it's the external aspect of the body, the internal aspect of the body, they lead us to see that this body is actually unattractive, undesirable, unbeautiful, and really it's, in essence, it's revolting. It's very unpleasant. Lumpur Cha, as a Lumpur would teach this in the most detailed way. He would take this opportunity to teach Gaya Sati, mindfulness of body, on, on these ordination days. That was probably when he would teach it at, in its most detail and at length. Um, one who's really going to practice Gaya Sati, mindfulness of body, must already have a sense, an awareness of the danger and the disadvantage of this world, of the sensual world, the attachment to the sensual world. Uh, they must have an awareness of the attachment, the, the suffering involved in the, this endless round of birth and death, the Vata Sangsara. They must have an awareness that these six sense, senses that we have and the objects that we desire through them um, have given rise to innumerable lifetimes based on the attachment to the six senses and their objects. Um, and somebody who's ready to practice mindfulness of the body must already be seeing that there's some disadvantage, there's some, something wrong here, there's something harmful here to us. The five gamatanas themselves are all um, representative of the earth element. They're all um, solid things, uh, hair, nails, teeth, skin, these are all solid and they, they come from the earth element. They come over, cover over the body and you can see inside the body there's also many aspects of the body that are come mainly consist of the earth elements. 
Patawidatu, that's the flesh, the muscles, the bones, bone marrow, different organs in the body, right down to the brain. These are all the earth elements. In the body we also have the water element, uh, Apodatu, the blood, the bile, the phlegm, the spittle, um, the different kinds of liquids we have in the body, the sweat, the grease, the urine, um, down to the urine. The body also has the fire element, the, the heat, the cold of the body, and the air element, the breath that we breathe in and out, and just the air that is contained in spaces of the body. <coughs> All the four elements are there. Lumpur Chao taught that these five Gamatana objects, we should com- contemplate them and really investigate them ask ourselves questions, really learn about them, use our minds to um, understand them properly. Ask yourself, are these five Gamatana objects attractive? Is the hair of the head, nails to the skin attractive? Is it really desirable? If it is, say just any part of the body, particularly just take the hair to start with. If it is desirable, attractive in itself, then why do we need to bathe? Why do we need to wash our hair? The hair of the head, it, over time, it becomes greasy, sticky, smelly. If we were to never wash it, um, each individual hair would gradually become more and more greasy, sticky, smelly, coming up from the pores of the skin on the hair of, on, on our head. And this hair, as it grows and as time passes, it changes into something more and more repulsive, more unattractive as time goes. If, if we didn't wash, we would probably find very soon it just becomes intolerable. intolerable. Um, think about it. You just get one hair falling into your food and straight away that food is repulsive. You don't want it. If you're in a restaurant, you wouldn't take it. Just one hair. Even in our house up where we all are, Kuti, where we live, you, know, you have a few hairs in a dark corner and already it's something you don't like. If you were to feel it in the night, a few hairs around, you wouldn't like it, it's unpleasant. When we contemplate then we're contemplating this to see the unpleasant nature of just, just one single hair and then you gradually become aware how each hair is the same. You become aware of the position of the hair, each hair growing out of uh, skin pores on the head for instance, move your attention around the head, you see there are many many hairs there, get to know the colour of one single hair, its shape, its colour, where it's located and little by little each uh, hair becomes clearer to your mind so you get, get to know hair as it is, hair on the head, hair on the body and you can continue to contemplate the other five kamatanas like this. Ask yourself, are nails attractive? Are they inherently attractive, desirable? When you cut a nail off, the, the end of your fingernails, toenails, they drop off. Is that beautiful? Is it attractive? Is it something you want to keep? No, it's not. Contemplate your teeth. What are teeth there for and what are they doing? Every day our teeth are in the mouth, they're there to grind and chew our food. What happens? They get mixed with spittle, with particles of food. 
if we weren't to brush our teeth every day very quickly they'd be, become very smelly unattractive and start to rot um, they'd become dirty sticky with food and again it becomes an intolerable thing to have unclean teeth there's nothing nice about them is there if you look at them really with an eye of wisdom there's nothing you can say is nice about teeth they're, they're, in essence they're surrounded by dirt and muck and that's, that's what they are you pull your tooth out or it falls out who wants it? nobody wants teeth they're horrible, repulsive you get rid of them the skin is perhaps the most important of these five gamatanas because it plays that vital role of covering over the rest of the body you can compare our skin to the bowl cover that we have on our bowls you take the, the bowl cover off you see the bowl um, you have to practice visually taking your skin off and see what it reveals inside when you take your skin off different parts of the body uh, what's there you take imagine taking the skin off your face pulling it off in your mind's eye pulling it off the stomach pulling it off the arms pulling it off the legs what do you see inside you see the blade, blood the flesh red flesh it's very repulsive in fact it would be impossible to live like that if everyone was walking around with no skin even skin itself is unattractive skin itself becomes greasy, dirty, sweaty, smelly look what happens to our robes every day we're wearing our robes they become sweaty, greasy from the skin uh, until a point comes where you just can't wear them anymore because they're too dirty so like today we, we wash our robes regularly if we didn't bathe, we didn't wash, we didn't clean our clothes then you know, life would just become intolerable because of the, the repulsive nature of this body and by washing and cleaning that's what allows us to cope with world, the world, living in the world we, we, we survive because we have this skin keeping inside all the other organs, the flesh, the blood um, if we were to get rid of our skin you just wouldn't be able to live would you you wouldn't be able to survive just just a visual image of other people with no skin would be intolerable seeing people walking around with red flesh smelling and the skin keeps in the smells of the body as well if you ever see a corpse you take the skin off straight away there's strong repugnant smells coming so the skin plays that vital role feeding our delusion because it, it covers over the patikula and the supra side of the body so we have to contemplate that to see that its role, what its role is doing and see the patikula side of skin itself once ordained then we're taking these five gamatanas and really training with them using them to contemplate to gain peace of mind and wisdom and, and really think about this, the thing that stops us staying in the robes as an ordained person um, is the sensual attachment and particularly sexual desire uh, desire for the form of the opposite sex, wanting that, wishing for that is what we call Gama Chanta think about it, how much does sexual desire lead to confusion and suffering in the mind when it comes up it's overwhelming, overpowering and leads to all kinds of trouble more than anything else, any other kind of desire or attachment so these five gamatanas are vital 
to deal with that, to reduce your gamaraka, to remedy it and to prevent it arising. And we must really develop this patikula sanya, the perception of the repulsiveness, a suprasanya, the perception of the unattractiveness of this body. We must really develop that perception so it's clear in the mind it's there all the time. Contemplate this body, you say, in terms of the liquids of the body, the, 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 uh, the liquid element, water element. Think about all the different holes or channels that this body has that are uh, providing uh, a channel for the different liquids to come out. And just think how unpleasant all the different juices and liquids that come out of this body are. Uh, you have sweat coming out of your sweat glands all over your skin. You have snot from the nose earwax and grease from the ears, tears, you have spittle and phlegm from in the mouth, you have urine from the penis, you have excrement from the anus. Are any of those things desirable, beautiful, attractive? No one wants any of those. As soon as when any of those kind of liquids or waste come out of the body, there's something that's repulsive to everyone. Everyone wants to get rid of it as quick as possible. So we contemplate like this to really remedy this deeply ingrained delusion that we have, what we call a vipalasa. The mind is completely um, deluded and ignorance, misunderstanding the truth of this body normally. Caught into vipalasa, seeing that this body which is inherently unattractive and repulsive, we see it as beautiful, something desirable. But with insight we can we start to open up to the truth, see the unattractiveness in what we are usually attracted to, see the ugliness in what is usually seen as beautiful, the lack of desirability in that which is usually seen as desirable. And little by little this is what combat deals with our gamaraka, it's this insight, clear seeing of the truth, breaking through the delusion. I practice this regularly. We must all really contemplate this body, contemplate from the hair of the head downwards in, on the external part of the body and then go move inwards with your mind to see the internal body, every part, every aspect of this body. Contemplate it thoroughly, the heart, the lungs, the liver, the kidney, the stomach, the bowels, the entrails, the intestines. Get to see it all. Imagine you're doing an autopsy on yourself, see yourself as a corpse lying on a slab and start opening up the skin with a knife, taking out the different um, organs that I just mentioned, taking out the flesh, the bones, pile the bones up all in one part of that, that slab that the, the body is lying on, just pile them up with a pile of white, messy, bloody, staining bones. Pile up the organs in another pile, get them all on top of each other, until you can see there's really nothing there, there's nothing beautiful, there's nothing desirable, there's nothing you can really say as a a person that, that you want, whether it's you or anybody else. From this, of course, our raka, our lust and our sensual, sensual attachment will can't fail but to start to disappear from the mind. Do this with every, every of the 32 parts in a similar fashion. Break it down, look at it, uh, operate on this body, break it up into parts, take them out until you really see the true nature of every single part of this body. See them as the 32 parts and down, break them down to the four elements. All of them have this one common characteristic, they're a super, they're unattractive.
do this regularly, often, and this is what will combat sexual desire and, and the desire and attachment for your own body and that of the opposite sex. As unenlightened beings, we have the different vipalasas covering over our mind, deluding us. We find that this body is beautiful, even though it's unattractive. We see that this body, we're deluded into seeing this body as something permanent, even though it's impermanent. We're deluded into seeing this body as a source of happiness, even though it's a source of dukkha. And we're deluded into seeing this body as a self, even though it's inherently not self. We practice our meditation, developing uh, mindfulness on the breath, perhaps, anapanasati, to cool the mind, calm it, develop pity and sukha and one-pointedness. And once the mind is one-pointed with firm mindfulness, we turn to contemplate gaya, this body. We should never avoid this. This is our duty, our, the, the function of the practice. We have to do this. We should be aware that once the mind is calm from meditation and we're experiencing some sukha, some bliss, the mind might try to trick us and say, this is enough, we'll just stay with the jitter now, the contemplation of the mind, and leave the body behind. But we must be careful, because this could become the beginning of a wrong view. Lumpur Cha always said that once the mind becomes calm and peaceful, then turn to contemplate the body. Because this is where these vipalasas form, and where they're found. And it's because we fail to see the anicca, dukkha, anatta of this body that these vipalatas continue to exist. So, if we are developing samadhi, concentration is arising, that's the time to turn to contemplate the body. If we don't really contemplate the body, never do that, then we'll really have never developed the power, enough power, strength to let go of kilesas. So we have to learn how to do this, to contemplate, alternating back and forth, developing our samadhi, the cool, calm states of the mind, and then using wisdom to investigate and contemplate the body. And we do this back and forth regularly. As we do this, we might find that just emphasizing one part of the body, which is more obvious and holds our attention more than any other, um, seems to work. It seems to hold our attention and that's okay. Um, we focus on that, put all our attention on that part. Or we might choose a part which we know we're particularly attached to, we like some form, some part of the body, and we keep contemplating that until we uh, really get to know it and start to break through that attachment. Contemplation means at first just using what we have. We use our thought, our memory, uh, our imagination, just to think, visualize, see what it looks like, what it's like inside, until we can really visualize it clearly. Um, if we're focusing on just one part of the body at that time, we don't let our jitter mind stray anywhere else. We just keep it fixed on that one point. We keep our awareness there and we visualize it and keep just a steady awareness there contemplating. And the result of this is that we get sense of dispassion, detachment arising, a sense of turning away 
and a separation between the, the mind that knows and, and what it's what it's investigating. It turns away from that part of the body because it's seeing it as unattractive and repulsive. And just from one part of the body we can see that the whole of the body is the same. And we might be able to break through the, the simulti such as a conventional reality that we're normally caught into through to ultimate reality when we see that one aspect of the body, it's anicca, dukkha, anatta or seeing the supra of the body, this can be the foundation for seeing the anicca, dukkha, anatta of the body for developing deep vipassana insight so we have to learn how to remember the body parts recite them, recollect them, visualize them focus the mind on them whichever part of the body can hold our attention we, we, we focus on that but you might have to alternate between different parts of the body, that's okay as well, going through the whole 32 or just a few of them, maybe the bones, the skin, the hair, back to the skin, back to the bones. We have to see what works for us and develop an understanding of why we have this attachment, why do we have this perception that we find things attractive. You know, ask yourself questions, investigate, confront your own views and opinions about this body. Just take one aspect, say for instance the teeth. Think about it, when we say someone's teeth are ugly, why is that? Say if their teeth are too long, we say, oh they're not very nice, not very attractive, or they're too sharp, pointed, or if they're crooked, or if they're stained. You see how it is that we form the opinion, the view that uh, the teeth are attractive, if they're white, shiny, uh, in a certain way, then we say they're attractive. If they're broken, whatever, then they're ugly. And just see how those perceptions stick in the mind. They affect us, the way we view our bodies, other people's bodies. Um, you think about it, though, the teeth become ugly. Who is it who has the most ugly teeth? Well, it's old people, isn't it? Their teeth tend to become crooked, broken, fall out. Um, nails the same. Old people, their nails become a bit worn, dirty, stained, and so on. Uh, the hair is the same, the hair turns to white, it falls out and becomes bald, it, becomes, it loses its sheen, it loses its bounce. Uh, as we grow older, all the different body parts become less and less beautiful. This is where we contemplate to see what is a supra, a supra and supra, and see how we make these perceptions and, and form them in the mind. After death, contemplate the corpse, it's even worse, more extreme. When somebody dies, the body becomes stiff, it smells, it changes colour, it starts to go green, mouldy, it swells up. After a while, if you just leave a corpse, uh, it swells up, all the different liquids, the pus and the, the, the kind of plasma and stuff of the body starts to swell up, making it look very unsightly. And if you just leave that body, it'll actually burst, the maggots will come, flies lay their eggs, maggots start to eat inside, it moves around with the maggots and they burst through. Um, if not that, then maybe if you left it out in a cemetery or a forest, then animals will come and eat it, so they start pulling at the, ripping away at the limbs, pulling bits of the body out, and it would look very unsightly. You'd end up with just a whole bunch of bones broken up, spread around, covered with a bit of blood and skin. Contemplate this, what happens to the body, to the corpse and death. See how the different four elements start to split and break up. The 
solid parts of the body end up turning to powder and dust and ending up becoming earth. The air, obviously, the air element disappears into the air. The fire goes, it cools down, and all the all the heat is gradually gone. The water element, it evaporates, the body dries out, and then it's gone. So what's left? Nothing. There's no person, nothing. The usual conventional reality, the samuti such of a person there, it's gone, hasn't it? So contemplating a super like this takes you right through to the wisdom that sees the anatta of this body. It sees right through to the highest level of wisdom. When we contemplate a super like this and wisdom arises, what is the result? Well, the result is the jitta actually becomes happy. becomes happy because it's detached from what it used to be attached to. It's feeling free and liberated. When we don't see the asuprin things, the mind tends to be dark, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's attached, it's dark, it's unhappy because of that attachment. So really contemplate that to see the value of a super. We see, oh, it brings us to a sense of being at ease, detached and happy within ourselves. And the mind becomes bright, radiant for it. Uh, when we practice a super, our samadhi increases, our, in, our concentration improves, our sati improves, our insight improves, and the mind becomes more radiant, more detached, and importantly, the right view becomes established. It's this right view or wisdom that remedies these delusions, the vipalasa. We start to see that which is anicca dukkha anatta, where we, before we were seeing things as permanent and as happy, satisfying, and as a self. We must keep contemplating and investigating like this, but then we might return to the breath, to our meditation object, just to calm the mind and refresh it again. And this stops us getting too depressed or miserable in the contemplation, because it is hard work and it does have a very powerful effect on the mind. So we have to be skilled in balancing our efforts to keep up both samatha and vipassana here. Um, until the anicca dukkha anatta of this body becomes clearer and we see the body as unattractive, we see it as the elements and empty of self and then the mind won't have these emotional reactions, it will just be there with this clear seeing of truth, it won't get caught into aversion or feel stressed about contemplating the body. So in the beginning we use our sanya, our memory and the thinking mind just to work contemplating Later, we might be able to have enough calm to visualize the body. And these visions might arise themselves, or we create them, build them up in the mind. Eventually, we won't need anything. We won't need thought, visions, anything. The mind will just know the true nature of this body as an Ichidukha Anatta, as a super, and it will be peaceful. When it's at that stage, you just tell it. You just say, this is a unattractive, this is Anicca, this is Dukkha, this is Anatta, and it believes it straight away because it's been trained to that point and it's peaceful and clear and it's knowing. It doesn't argue anymore, it just knows, oh, this is the truth. And so just just say one word and it believes it. You don't have to do all this practicing, visualizing, contemplating. To get to that point, we really have to contemplate this body thoroughly in all its aspects, See this body as something that will degenerate, it's going to die, it will become a corpse. We have to keep doing this until the, the mind really sees and understands the truth. So you keep contemplating, say, as a corpse. See the corpse breaking up, um, swelling up, becoming 
and breaking up and then becoming dry and eventually disappearing back into the earth. You keep doing this and the mind gradually becomes happy and detached um, because it's seeing the true nature of things. And why, why do we feel peaceful? Because we're t- detached. We, we're detached from the things that draw the mind out and cause it confusion and suffering. What is that? Oh, the bodies of females, opposite sex. If you can feel detached because you know they're just a super, they're unattractive, not worth desiring, then you feel free, don't you? You feel peaceful and free and detached and happy within yourself. So Lumpur Cha emphasized these Panchakamatana over and over again. Um, as the key to developing wisdom and peaceful of mind, peace of mind. And he said this is the key to staying in the roads, uh, living a long life in the, in, in the roads. Contemplating like this reduces your doubts and uncertainties about this body, the nature of this body, and brings you to see the Dhamma. The Dhamma becomes deeper and deeper, more established in your mind. And when you really do see the Sapawa Dhamma, the true essence of reality, of nature, then at that time you might have very powerful, profound nimittas and visions arise to see the body as elements in different ways. This is the result of this thorough contemplation penetrating the true nature of reality in this body. Um, and it's the result of really doing it to the, in the most thorough way to the point where um, you know, the mind is finished with all its doubting and uncertainty and all its delusions. It's very, the wisdom is so clear, everything is very, very crystal clear to the, to the mind. Um, and the mind becomes pure like that. It's, it has a purifying effect because we're removing delusion. But to begin with, we just have to keep going back to Anicca Dukkha Anatta over and over again, apply it to the 32 parts. Do the ten cemetery contemplations, keep bringing up those visions and thinking about this, contemplating this, in whatever way we can. Think it, imagine it, visualize it. Take those ten corpse meditations, really become familiar with the different stages of decomposition of a corpse. See how this, this body is really just a bag of skin, you have a corpse lying there, it's just a bag of skin full of unattractive things. It's Inside the corpse, inside that bag of skin, it swells, uh, and then eventually, you know, it bursts. The corpse bursts. The liquids, the things come out. The maggots come out. The organs burst out. Just keep contemplating that until you become skilled in seeing this body is just a bag of skin full of organs and very unattractive, repulsive things. So that perception, that understanding, is very, very well established in the mind. And that will apply to all aspects of the body. Nothing can escape that wisdom. Keep doing this until samadhi is established, because the mind will become firmer and more one-pointed as you contemplate this. Uh, but you must bal- contemplate this and practice this in a balanced way. You don't, if, if you find you might, you're becoming averse or stressed because of it, then always learn how to be skilled in returning to the breath, to the practice of metta, whatever object you can use to calm the mind down again. And then when you're refreshed, ready to go back to contemplate, then you should carry on investigating the body. You keep doing this until you're very in a position where you can really separate between the, the body and the mind which knows the body, the elements, the four elements. And this is where we see the Dhamma. You can see the body, see the mind, see the elements, and of course you're 
greed and attachment, your aversion, your delusion will, will start to disappear and you practice can, can practice right to the point where all your greed and attachment has gone. So we take these five Gamatanas right from the first day of our ordination. We must use them and cont- contemplate with them and be diligent with them. And this will bring us to this wisdom, this understanding. Andamayang Ovadakata Sadhu Karanda Dhamma Sadhu Sadhu